Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Throughout the 80s and 90s, gang violence plagued the Humboldt Park area of Chicago. And on January 16, 1993, members of the Spanish Cobras fired upon three members of the Latin Kings, killing one young man and injuring another. A passerby in a vehicle was also struck by a stray bullet. A confidential informant's tip naming 16-year-old Fabian Santiago allegedly made its way through a few detectives before reaching the lead detective on the case, Ernest Halverson. When the police arrested Fabian, they also claimed to have found a gun in Fabian's bedroom. Then, two eyewitnesses, including one of the surviving victims, identified Fabian from a lineup. Even though the witnesses' initial descriptions varied wildly from Fabian, who was also not a member of the Spanish Cobras, it was going to take a whole lot more to outweigh the state's case. But this is Wrongful Conviction. Welcome back to Wrongful Conviction. And we're here today with a story that has so much corruption and I'll call it as pure evil. The miracle is that the man himself who was victimized by these horrible detectives and others, is that the fact that he's still alive, Fabian Santiago, welcome to Wrongful Conviction. Thank you very much for having me. And with him, Ashley Cohen is a partner at Bonjean Law Group and she and her partner are responsible for justice having been not denied, delayed horribly, but not denied after all these years. So Ashley, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Jason. And let's get right into it. This crime is a horrible crime with real victims, but this was back in in an era when the Humboldt Park area of Chicago was riddled with violence. So it was a horrible crime, but also unfortunately not a crime that you wouldn't hear about fairly regularly. Well, for anyone who's aware of Humboldt Park, it's a world of difference today than what it previously was. It was the height of the crack epidemic, utterly gang and drug infested. Many murders did not even make the news at that time. It wasn't a place for anyone to live, let alone for 
a kid to grow up. I remember I would look down in broad daylight to the corner of my block, and I would see dozens of gang members, women prostituting themselves in open-air drug markets. This is what I grew up to. In fact, early on, I couldn't have been more than 10 years old. There was a, a rival gang member who was on a bike driving down my street, and the gang members that lived in my neighborhood spotted him and chased him down and blew his brains out. That was Humble Park. A, a terrifying story. And there are countless murders that weren't solved. And then there were countless others that were listed as solved that were actually not solved at all, like the one we're about to talk about. But usually we start by telling, what was your life like before this happened? You, you were really just a child. I was four days into turning 16 years old when I was framed for murder. Previously, we've covered cases from this year in Humboldt Park. Marilyn Malero and Jacques Rivera, and we'll have their stories linked in the bio, both of whom were also victims of the same notorious detectives, Ernest Halverson and Ronaldo Guevara. Make no mistake about it. Detective Halverson Guevara and this group of rogue detectives functioned as nothing less than a criminal organization, not out of a crack house, not out of a gang-infested neighborhood, out of the Area 5 police precinct. And let us not forget that, in, in case you think there's any hyperbole here, since the 1980s, over 100 cases have been proven in which Chicago police officers fabricated false evidence and or suppressed exculpatory evidence in order to directly cause the convictions of innocent people for serious violent crimes that they didn't commit. Yeah. Yes, and I think it needs to be emphasized, the fact that these are just the cases that have come to light. There have been right. men who have died in prison because of cases like this, irreparably damaged. I have known men who took their lives because of the cold and stark realities that one has to deal with in the prison system. This detective team, Guevara and Halverson, ran a gang unit that often investigated the activity of Puerto Rican gangs like the Latin Kings, the Latin Disciples, the Spanish Cobras, just to name a few. But what is also clear is that there are varying degrees to which the residents of Humboldt Park were actually even involved in gang activity, if at all. Now, Fabian lived in an area controlled by the Latin Disciples. And I'm sure Fabian could speak to this more than I can, but during this time period, if you lived on a certain block, you were associated with a certain gang. It didn't matter if you actually were in a gang, if you ever were initiated. Fabian didn't have a history of violence. There was nothing in his record, but the area where he lived and who he hung around with, all of a sudden he is part of the specific gang. There was stipulation that I was associated with the Latin Disciples. And that was not even the organization that had carried out this homicide, which was, the, according to these police reports, the Spanish Cobras. And the incident at the crux of Fabian's wrongful conviction appears to have been a gang hit on the Latin Kings, which happened on January 16th, 1993. Three individuals, William Stewart, John Matos, and Pedro Muriel were walking home from a liquor store in Humble Park, and guns were fired in their direction. One of the offenders yelled, King Killer and Cobra Love, before basically pulling out a handgun and shooting it multiple times in the direction of the victims. William Stewart died as a result of the gunshot wounds. Muriel suffered a gunshot wound that hospitalized him for six weeks. And Marcelia Hernandez, she was driving by in a vehicle and sustained minor injuries as well. The offenders fled down an alley 
And so there's a death, there's another attempt murder, and there's another individual who is injured. And there were a ton of witnesses several of whom could not make identifications, could not give much of any information about the shooters. But there were these two individuals, Matos and Rivera, who ultimately were the ones who gave a description and eventually allegedly identified Fabian in lineups and testified at trial. Matos, a Latin king, was one of the targets. Rivera was a gang member as well, so you can easily imagine that they would have been easy for the police to coerce. However, Marcela Hernandez, the driving passerby caught in the gunfire, and her younger sister Lorena were able to give descriptions as well. And while the age description for the primary shooter varied from late teens to mid-20s, all the witnesses agreed that he was white, Hispanic, about 5'10", 180 pounds, either a mustache or a beard, and the accomplice was described as a mid-20s Hispanic male, about 6 feet tall and 200 pounds. And at the time, I was only approximately 5'3 or 4, 100 pounds. I was 16 years old. The shooter was described as a left-handed shooter. I've been right-handed all my life. So in no way, shape, or form did they resemble my description. Another thing that makes no sense about this case is the fact that the shooter yelled out, Cobra love, king killer, basically proclaiming his affiliation with the Spanish Cobras and the intended victims, the Latin kings. Meanwhile, as we mentioned, Fabian lived in Latin disciple territory. But Fabian was drawn into this mess when Detective Ernest Halverson alleged that he received a tip from another detective, Bill Dorsch. What happens is Halverson says that he was told by Bill Dorsch that Dorsch received a tip from another officer who said an informant told him that he heard Fabian bragging about shooting some kings and that the gun used in the shooting was in Fabian's house. They came pounding at the door and I was taken immediately into custody. And he's 16 years old. He doesn't have a parent. He doesn't have a lawyer. And he's placed in an interrogation room at Area 5. My grandmother at the time is whom I was staying with. She was my legal guardian. She arrived at the police station with an aunt of mine, Alberta Perez, and she demanded to see me. She made it abundantly clear that she wanted an attorney present and to be there as well. My aunt translated for her and Halverson informed them that they were prohibited from seeing me at that time because of uh, lineups being conducted, that he would call them back. They never called them. So they put Fabian in a lineup for the witnesses, Matos, Rivera, as well as Marcella and Lorena Hernandez, all of whom were between the ages of 14 and 17. And we've developed significant evidence that shows that there was a pattern where these Area 5 detectives investigating these cases would usually prey on the younger victim and or witnesses, officers like Wavara and officers like Halverson would tell them who to pick out in a lineup. In fact, Dorsch, in another case, testifies that he saw Guevara do this in a lineup where Guevara basically said, pick out that guy. That's the one who did it. And Dorsch was like, what are you doing? You're not allowed to tell somebody who to pick out in a lineup. During the lineup, I was the only one that was made to stand up and yell out, Cobra Love, King Killer. The only one. And no one in that lineup resembled me. Everyone was an adult, taller, older than me. And even with that, you had the two women that were driving by in their motor vehicle. They told the detectives, we did not see him do anything. We do not want to identify someone who was not involved 
We don't want someone who's innocent going to prison. And the police completely blew up on them, telling her, this is the guy who did it. All you need to do is point him out. So this whole concept of these young kids picking out individuals in a lineup, although it seems, oh, you have two eyewitnesses who are identifying Fabian as the shooter, it's usually bogus. But unfortunately, this information did not come to light until Fabian had already spent decades in prison. So after this pretty much directed identification from Matos and Rivera at Area 5, Fabian was returned to the interrogation room where the misconduct continued. Halverson tells Fabian that Fabian needed to sign a consent to search his house so that he can protect his personal property, which may be destroyed once they go back there and search his house. They're yelling and screaming at me, telling me to sign. I had requested the presence of counsel. My grandmother, they weren't trying to hear any of that. They were doing everything they could to terrorize and just to get me to relent. They go, look, at least you're going to be reimbursed if your stuff is destroyed because we are going to destroy your stuff. And I ultimately ended up signing that form. The thing was, later on, I came to understand, according to my aunt, that as soon as I was taken into custody, these detectives were already tearing up my home. So irregardless whether they had obtained a written consent for me or not, they had already been conducting the search. So this was all just simply to cover their asses. Fabian was initially charged with illegal possession of a firearm. So outside the presence of counsel or a guardian, they got permission to find the gun that they originally arrested him for. With this trickery to obtain the consent for a search, one can only surmise that they did not have the probable cause to get a judge to sign off on a search warrant. It was further solidified that they were planting this firearm when William Dorch came forward and attested. I had not produced an informant probable cause. And if I had gathered this evidence, I would have come myself to have arrested you. I would not have involved these detectives because I had known even at that time that they were so corrupt. Again, this is information that didn't come to light until Fabian had already spent almost 30 years in prison. And we'll come back to these revelations from William Dorsch a bit later. So back to the interrogation room. They had gotten the search consent signed, and then shortly after, Detective Halverson returned with this gun and pointed it in Fabian's face, saying, quote, now you know how it feels. This was the gun that you had, unquote. And when he pointed it to my head, I insisted that the firearm wasn't mine, that I wasn't involved. He assaulted me. So no surprise that you ultimately relented and just said, I'll tell you what you want to hear. So... They now had a false confession. Well, the only thing that came in at trial was that Fabian made alleged oral statements to Halverson. So even though Fabian had a gun pointed at him, was beaten up by Halverson, he still would not give a written statement to the state's attorney. I never signed off on any confession and it was not recorded. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender do you love fashion do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed are you always seeking the latest trends then we're talking to you bostonproper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods head turns and new styles No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit bostonproper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. To recap, Detective Halverson and his cohorts had an alleged unrecorded oral confession the directed identifications from Matos and Rivera, and this gun that was almost certainly planted that they claimed matched bullets found at the scene. At this time, Fabian's grandmother sold her home to post his bond and help mount a defense. Yet somehow, Fabian had even more dire problems than this case. Back at this time, the gangs ruled these neighborhoods with an iron fist. And because I was implicated in this crime, the Latin Kings, had placed a contract hit out on me and they tried to gun me down in a car chase and they left a note on my grandmother's house saying we know where you live. So he's again wrongly accused, wrongly accused by the gangs and he's wrongly accused by the officers. There is no rationalizing, there is no talking it out, not only my own health and safety but my family's was at risk and I left. So where the hell did you go? Where does a 16-year-old kid with no resources, with everybody looking for them, where the hell do you go and hide? I left the state of Illinois. I I just bounced around. I wasn't in one single place for too long, whether it was a friend or finding a hotel room or an apartment, whatever the case may have been. Unfortunately, I had to utilize whatever methods were necessary for me to survive. Selling drugs or just working a a part-time gig or whatever have you. Okay, so then finally you get tried in absentia. We've literally never had that happen on the show. Ashley, give us the cliff notes of this ridiculous trial. Okay, so Fabian has a private attorney. He goes to trial before a judge by the name of Judge Tuman, who was notoriously known for being very hard on juveniles. They show up for trial. Judge says, where's Mr. Santiago? And his attorney says, I don't know. Can we postpone? And judge says, well, he was told to be here at 10 a.m. We're going forward. Basically, the evidence at trial is these two eyewitnesses who identify him in the lineup, which we know were bogus. And Halverson testifies that he recovered a gun in Fabian's home, which was tested and the ballistics matched the gun that was used in the shooting. 
And there is a state's attorney who provides testimony of alleged oral inculpatory statements. He testifies that Fabian admitted to participating in the shooting and that's what he's convicted on, which if you're looking at it objectively, seems kind of like a lot of evidence. The problem is all of it was built on a lie and none of it is actually legitimate. I mean, I think the state's attorney, what he did at this time is almost as appalling as what the officers did. I mean, they knew what was going on behind closed doors. There was no court reporter present. There was no handwritten statement. There was nothing memorialized on paper. It was just oral statements that come in through Halverson and through this prosecutor. So that is just absurd in my mind. Other than cross-examining Matos and Rivera about the inconsistencies between their descriptions of the assailants and Fabian, not much of a defense was mounted at all. Plus, the appearance of going on the lam probably was not helpful, so the jury reached a predictable conclusion. And on May 18, 1994, Fabian was convicted of murder, attempted murder, as well as related firearms charges, and sentenced to 90 years. News that he received while he was still on the run for his very life. It was crushing. And as horrific as it was for that type of sentence to have been handed down, my only focus was on staying away from Chicago to stay alive. Over a year and a half later, I was depleted of funds and I came back to Chicago trying to get some assistance. And as I was walking the street, I don't know if they knew who I was or they were just stopping me. And ultimately, I was brought back into custody. Now, Fabian was not only made to serve this insane sentence, but he was also being tried for jumping bail. So 10 more years were added on to this 90-year sentence. 10 years also for a bail jumping is absurd. That was the judge being pissed as hell that he didn't show up to trial. I had a public defender. She didn't ask me why I was unable to attend my trial. She could care less. She simply was yelling and telling me, look, the judge is pissed off. You need to take this plea. I figured it made little, if any, difference, and I accepted it for a total of a 100-year prison sentence. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! 
and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Because of the incredible amount of time that I was incarcerated, I was in every single maximum state penitentiary in Illinois several times over. It was very violent and you had to defend yourself. There was men who were stabbed up, murdered. In fact, I know of one incident where a cellmate got involved in a physical confrontation with his cellmate and he tore his eyeballs out. He's blind and he threw his eyes on the gallery. The carnage was, was, was incredible. I knew men who had taken their lives for far less than what I had endured, simply because they didn't want to deal with how cold and stark that reality was. The United States government propagates this belief that China, Russia engage in human rights abuses. People in this country are tortured every day in the prison system. So getting Fabian out of that horrible situation could not have been more urgent, but the appeals process moved very slowly. I went through the court process ineffective assistance of counsel, unlawful searches and seizures. I got nowhere very quick. And one thing that was crazy is his appellate attorney, she didn't raise the issue of him being tried in absentia. So when you don't raise the issue on direct appeal, you ultimately waive it because it's not preserved. I mean, I don't know how you don't raise that. While I was in prison, I immersed myself in study and litigation. I pursued numerous litigations against the Illinois Department of Corrections, civil litigations. From these lawsuits that I would succeed in, I was able to pay for my own lawyers. And every one of these attorneys did nothing but sell me a pipe dream and take my money. And worst of all, cause even further years, if not decades of my life being wasted away in prison. Ultimately, I, I wrote a Jennifer Bonjean requesting legal representation. And later on, she had seen me on Zoom and she had bear witness personally to my outrage about my innocence. During COVID, a lot of the hearings began to take place on Zoom. And when you had the Zoom meeting for the judge in front of whom you had the case, you would often end up listening in on the proceedings before yours, you know, while you're waiting for yours to come up. And as a result of that, Ashley's partner, Jennifer Bonjean, overheard Fabian's arguments. It was around Halloween 2020. And I remember her calling me and she was like, I just watched the craziest thing on Zoom in, in Judge Kenworthy. This guy, he's a Halverson case, and he's in on an illegal sentence, was advocating for himself. I was arguing basically before the court, look, I'm actually innocent of these crimes. However, it wouldn't make a flying fuck of a difference to me if I were guilty of everything. I've done the prison time of three or four men. I knew men who had been given 20 years for murders. They did 10 years and they went home. And here I was rotting away from the age of a 16-year-old kid, completely innocent of the charges, and I had lost almost 30 years already. By this time, a slew of landmark SCOTUS rulings had made mandatory juvenile sentencing statutes unconstitutional. So Ashley and Jennifer were able to split Fabian's actual innocence claim from his resentencing, and they tackled that first. With the resentencing, I would have been required to have completed a prison sentence of 17 years. So I had completed that sentence by over a decade, which required my immediate discharge from custody. The resentencing hearing was January 7th, 2022. On January 12th, 2022, he's released. It was surreal. I had fought so long for that day. 
And unfortunately, I had been gone for such an incredible period of time that all of my immediate family were gone. My mother and my only brother had passed away while I was in prison. I didn't have any home. My grandmother, who made every sacrifice, was suffering from dementia. This woman raised me. She cared for me and provided for me. She went into financial ruin to help me. She lost her house. She lost everything. And now she could not even remember my name. When I got out of prison, I didn't even have anyone to pick me up. Arrangements had to be made for someone to pick me up and to take me to a homeless shelter. Yeah. So Robert Almodovar is another one of our clients and he does amazing work. Since he's been out, he was released in 2017. And all our clients who have been released since, he's just amazing. He drives them, he picks them up, takes them where they need. He was there for me. And I, I was tremendously grateful for that. And I remember him telling me he was going to get me a, a cheap phone so I could have a means of communication. And I told him, I don't need a phone. I don't have many people in my life. If I need to make a phone call, I can walk down to the corner store and use the pay phone. And he goes, Fabian, you don't understand. You've been gone so long. Pay phones don't exist out here anymore. I got to get you a phone. It's absolutely devastating to know that Fabian lost so many years while all along the information that would have and could have set him free was readily available, but hidden from view. And so in pursuit of his innocence claims, Ashley and Jennifer reached out to William Dorsch. We had worked with Dorsch in the past. He was a witness in actually Robert Almodovar's case and in other cases and pattern and practice cases as it relates to Guevara. And when we got Fabian's homicide file, we saw Dorsch's name was on it. And he read the report and he, in no uncertain terms, said, this never happened. What Halverson puts in his report is Halverson says, Officer Cruz from the 20th District contacted Bill Dorsch, who is in the same area as Halverson, and told him about this alleged tip. Okay. Said Fabian was running around on his birthday saying my birthday present was shooting up these people, basically. Bill Dorsch said, if an officer from another district had told me about an informant. I would have memorialized it somewhere. I would have documented all of this. And there was none of that. And there was a signature by him, allegedly, but he said it wasn't his signature. It was forged. Yes. William Dorch's testimony was groundbreaking. We wouldn't have been able to prove, look, they falsified police reports. That William Dorch had conducted lineups. He goes, I wasn't even in the police station doing any of this. They signed his name off. Why would you need to do that? You're clearly involved in something of a nefarious nature. You had a cycle of concocted story after story, lying about informants, police reports, conducting unlawful searches and seizures, taking people into custody illegally, beating suspects into confessions and pointing a gun at them. I mean, when you have that cocktail of criminal misconduct on the part of these detectives, you got to ask, what is their motive here? William Dorch came forward, basically affirming my colleagues were a bunch of corrupt detectives. Pretty courageous on his part. Ultimately, he provides us an affidavit and we attach his affidavit along with the police reports to the petition and we file the petition. Meanwhile, even more information came to light. Approximately six months ago, I went to a, a new doctor and her med tech's name was Ellie. And they had mentioned that there were various medical records that were missing. And I had explained to them that I was wrongfully convicted. I gave some account of what I had been subjected to. About two months later, I came back to that same doctor's office 
And the med tech, Ellie, tells me, Fabian, we live in a very small world. My mother was involved in a Guevara case. And every time we see any cases involving men who were innocent, we always relate back to her experience. And she explained to me that her mother and her mother's sister were driving by in a car and that her mother had been struck in the buttocks with a bullet. And that when her mother and her sister were requested to identify and pick someone out of the lineup, they refused to do so because they didn't want to send an innocent man to prison. And these officers were yelling and screaming at them, telling them to pick this person out of a lineup. And they were terrorized. They left that police station utterly distraught, feeling that the police officers were going to do something to them, were going to hurt them or try to even arrest them. But they did not relent. And I told her, that was me in the lineup, that your mother and her sister refused to identify. And she told me, I know it was you. I know you were innocent. And my mother and her sister talk about it all the time. Every time they see the news, every time they see someone that was released, they always talk about you. And I know it was your case. That's why I told you. And I completely broke down. And of course, Ellie, the med tech, was none other than Marcella Hernandez's daughter. Her aunt Lorena had given an affidavit that included all of this information in April 2022. And Fabian was exonerated that October without even having to go through an evidentiary hearing. However, the certificate of innocence didn't come as easily, but came nonetheless in July 2023, making him eligible for state compensation. But the content of the pending civil litigation has been some of the most convincing yet. A major Brady violation. The gun allegedly used in the shooting had been obtained by Detective Guevara from a gang member, not from Fabian's bedroom. This detective team, Guevara and Halverson, have already cost Chicago upwards of $82 million. Last time we covered one of their cases, it was $51 million. And that's just from the innocent men and women who were able to jump through all of the hoops and made it to this level of the exoneration journey. We don't know how many others are out there, but hopefully we'll find them all. You have figures such as this $82 million plus being thrown out there that have resulted from settlements in these wrongful conviction cases just under Ronaldo Guevara or his crew. That does not entail the tens of millions of dollars that the city of Chicago has also paid in legal expenses to defend against these cases. These cases pend from anywhere from four to seven years. They have one outside firm that represents the city of Chicago. They have one outside firm that represents Guevara. They have another outside firm that represents all the other defendant officers. So no fewer than three firms are on every single one of our civil rights cases that we have that involve Guevara. And when you think about the amount of money that these firms bill the city to litigate losing cases for four to seven years, it is absolutely insane. Not only... Are they paying attorney's fees all throughout the process? There is a statute that says if we win, not only are we entitled to the judgment and award, whatever that may be, Fabian did 30 years, he gets $30 million, but we can also petition the court for our attorney's fees. In addition to that, the tens of millions of dollars that the city of Chicago has also paid to convene hearings for the city council. You're talking about well into the hundreds of millions of dollars now. Instead of looking at these cases individually from the beginning and saying, 
is this even winnable? Then say, hey, he did 23 years in prison. I'm going to offer him 12, 15, something of that sort. They would rather spend four to seven years pay outside counsel. I mean, we just filed five civil rights lawsuits in September. Lovie and Lovie just filed another 11. They have more coming down the pike. Like that's crazy amounts of money. And it just prolongs the trauma of these guys who have already suffered so much. I got to waste another half decade of my life to finally get some resolution to this matter when they know full well what is going on here. We need to make a push to city council. You need to do a better job at assessing these cases early on. The mayor needs to do something now, not when the stars are politically aligned for him to do something about it, not during the next election cycle, now. So maybe that should be this week's call to action. We're going to call on the folks in power in Chicago to put an end to this madness. Pay these men and women what they deserve. Because let's face it, no one can give them back the time that was stolen from them. And with that, let's go to closing arguments where I'm going to thank both of you, Ashley and Fabian. I mean, I, I don't even have the right words to express how sorry I am for this unbelievable ordeal and you know how grateful I am to you both for being here. And now I'm just going to kick back in my chair with my headphones on and my eyes closed and listen to any final thoughts you have, starting with Ashley and saving our guest of honor for last. I just want to thank you guys for bringing this to light and for doing the work that you do, because, you know, as much as we advocate in the courtroom, it's really important for people outside of the courtroom to really bring to light the travesties of justice that are happening as we speak in not just the city of Chicago, but all over the world. And I think it's really important. So I commend you guys for really focusing on these wrongful conviction cases. I really appreciate you guys inviting me on and having me. Whomever is out there listening needs to express outrage about what's going on here. This can't be allowed to function as the norm. There's no way in the world that you can have men and women that are framed by corrupt detectives just languish in prison and rot away for not years, decades. And then if that's not sufficient to come out of prison and still have to fight the government for years more, before these cases are finally resolved. The underlining problem is not simply corrupt detectives, it's systemic corruption. These detectives would never be able to get away with what they're involved in if it wasn't for their supervisors, whether it's a sergeant, a lieutenant, a captain, whether it's a prosecutor, a judge, or the Chicago City Council and its legal department. This is nothing new. These cases go back even before John Burge, but John Burge was a breaking point that should have caused dramatic reform in the system, and that has not been the case. The city of Chicago's, its council members, haven't brought about sweeping reform to root out crooked, corrupt cops. In fact, all they've done is take issue with the fact that now they're dealing with numerous multi-million dollar lawsuits. These lawsuits would never have come to pass if it wasn't for them allowing or turning a blind eye to this level of corruption. No one is held accountable to this very day. Not one of these corrupt detectives out of the Ronaldo Guevara crew has so much as been administratively held accountable, let alone criminally prosecuted. And as long as these people are not going to prison, the same way poor people go to prison and they're protected by the government, these abuses are gonna continue.
Thank you for listening to Wrongful Conviction. You can listen to this and all the Lava for Good podcasts one week early by subscribing to Lava for Good Plus on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank our production team, Connor Hall and Kathleen Fink, as well as my fellow executive producers, Jeff Kempler, Kevin Wardis, and Jeff Clyburn. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Be sure to follow us across all social media platforms at Lava for Good and at Wrongful Conviction. You can also follow me on Instagram at It's Jason Flom. Wrongful Conviction is a production of Lava for Good Podcasts in association with Signal Company Number 1. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.